Welcome to the Born Together podcast. I'm Techie Quay. I'm many things. The one I'm enjoying most is being mum to my daughter Ava. This podcast is about the common experience of motherhood. It is a contemporary archive of lives lived as mothers as well as being ourselves. I hope you may find connection and community in these shared stories. Thanks for coming on this journey with me and happy listening. This week I'm talking with Naomi of Everyday Racism, who shares some real truths about her journey thus far into motherhood, her struggles through her two pregnancies and HG, the effect it had on her relationship, her positive births, and the way the different stages of her sons growing up impacts her own life and self. I had an absolute blast chatting with Naomi. We also touch on the gift of change and how we're suddenly seeing more of black mothers and mixed families being represented and the importance of such connections. Enjoy listening in. Here we go. Hi, Naomi. Thanks for coming and joining me on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, I think this will be a real treat. I think we've already been having a bit of fun off air, so hopefully that can continue in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Naomi, would you like to kick us off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your family, where you are and what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Margate, which is on the Kent coast. Really lucky to live near the sea. And I live with my husband and two children. Um, One is six and the other one is three, uh, two boys And I also live with my sister as well, which is really lovely, actually. It's been been a blessing. I wasn't Um, sure if there's going to be a bit of a pause there. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, I think I've definitely got the good end of the deal. She moved in with us a year ago and we're we're very close. So that's fine. But she's also got a great relationship with the boys. So it's lovely for them to... To hang out with their aunt, yeah, and spend time in these times when people aren't really seeing their families as much. That's absolutely, yeah, yeah. That was actually amazing to be all together um, during lockdown. Yeah, so I work as a teacher. I've been a teacher since I finished university. So. Oh, I don't know how long that is now. <laughs> Quite a while ago. <laughs> we don't have to give it a number. Yeah. Don't <laughs> it was my birthday the other day, actually. And my husband was like, oh, you're 38 now. And I was like, I'm, I'm sure I'm 37. I don't think I'm 38 yet. And then we worked it out and I am 37. So he got it wrong. <laughs> There you go. Look at that adding on a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, I'm a secondary school teacher and I also run a, a platform with my sister on Instagram called Everyday Racism, where we put out sort of educational material all linked to being anti-racist. And we also, also share stories from Uh, the black and brown community about their experiences of racism so yeah it's quite busy (laughs) in the house (laughs) yeah I can imagine there's a lot going on there's a lot going on (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And Naomi, would you like to take us back a little while and maybe we could talk a bit about your first pregnancy? Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually on a little holiday with my husband um, and some friends. We drove from uh, France to Spain and we were going to San Sebastian. <gasps> oh, I love that city. <laughs> Sorry, that was unexpected. Yeah. I was like, yum. <laughs> love that city yeah so if you like your food then you'll definitely know about that place yeah Yeah. um yeah so we we'd only been married a few months and we went on this little trip and the whole way I was very sick and I was sick the whole time we were there we were only there for about three or four days but the idea was to taste you know all these amazing restaurants and try out all the tapas and you know everything that was going on and I just, every time I ate something, I was really sick. And yeah, I've, I had a really awful time, actually. It was such a shame. And we got back to our flat and I said to him, there's something wrong. And I, I'm going to have to go and see the doctor because I, I just knew I wasn't right. It wasn't a bug. It wasn't travel sickness. And then I just kind of got this thing where I was like, I, I need to do a pregnancy test. And he was like, oh, dude, don't be silly. Like, no, you're not pregnant. Anyway, cut a long story short, I, I was. <laughs> I, did the, I sent him to Sainsbury's and he got the test. And I rang my mum in tears <laughs> because it was very, very unexpected. And she thought there was something terrible wrong and she came round and she was like, what is it? What is it? (laughs) And I told her and she was really excited and that made me feel a bit better, actually. So I was very mentally not prepared. And then, but, you know, you, you deal with what's in front of you, I guess. And, you know. Had you thought of, Naomi, had you maybe thought you'd like to be a mum but just a bit later on or it hadn't really been something that you'd thought about at all at that point? Yeah, I I think I, w- I did want to be, I did want to be a, a mum but no, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't the plan at that time and so that was probably something I, I did take a while to process and also, I was sick the whole way through. So I had hyperemesis. And so I had an interesting experience in the sense that everything that I thought I should be feeling about having my first child, I didn't have any of that. The kind of expectations that people can have put on you that you're going to be very excited that you can't wait that you know you're 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 thinking you're glowing all of that I felt horrendous I couldn't keep any food down I couldn't meet up with people smells would trigger my sickness Mm. it was just awful and it probably in some ways didn't help that it wasn't an expected journey (laughs) yeah Yeah. I didn't I wasn't even planning for this and now here I am (laughs) yeah yes this is true yeah so there was there was a lot going on and a yeah a lot to process and we were living in a a flat and we had neighbors that would complain a lot about the noise 
even though we weren't particularly noisy people but I think my husband was a bit heavy-footed and they'd often you know ring the bell and say can you keep it down and so I had this fear that if we brought a baby into this flat that we would constantly be being judged and you know and so there was just so many things I was trying to contend with that I had not a good experience at all in my first pregnancy it's a real shame as well isn't it because um I've only had one pregnancy and I I didn't have HG but I really struggled um through my pregnancy I I think I have to be open and say like I hated being pregnant yeah yeah (laughs) like I I hated it I didn't enjoy it I think for me I had a really toxic work situation and um, lots of different things my third trimester was my favorite and I think it's because one I'd quit my toxic job but also the end was in sight that's (laughs) it absolutely yeah it's all right now and I don't know maybe I had connected with my baby a lot more by then but yeah definitely for me I found the first two trimesters were horrendous just I didn't enjoy it (laughs) yeah I think and I think that that is really normal like I've spoken to lots of people and at first like I had I remember saying to to somebody about oh yeah it wasn't planned and you know it was all a surprise and I haven't really enjoyed it and somebody said to me once oh you shouldn't say that you shouldn't put that out there and I remember being like what what like am I not so can I not be honest about this about my experience yeah they kind of (laughs) shot me down and but that was one person and a lot you know people were supportive but unless you've had hyperemesis you just like anything if you haven't experienced it then you just have no idea like how it makes you feel and how you just you just can't function and you can barely like get out of bed let alone go to work and you know put on the face and do the baby shower find (laughs) find the energy to get excited about it yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely but I do think it's really normal like to have these feelings and but you know a lot of people don't want to hear it and they it makes them feel uncomfortable when you say things like that and it almost I don't know I think there's somehow this underlying I don't know maybe it's just my own perception but this underlying idea of being ungrateful yeah Um, and it's like well no I mean this is my experience so it's valid but yeah there's still a long way to go I think in people being allowed to be open and I think too especially um, I don't know people coming up and you must be so excited and that's hard to sustain for nine months yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely I, I run out of steam after like the 12 weeks when we told everyone it's like I can't keep getting excited for everyone I can't keep it up <laughs> yeah yeah I remember um being at work and I was I mean I don't know how I, was, I don't know how I 
taught any lessons I I mean I do remember like running out of the classroom a lot to be sick I remember having to take a lot of time off and but I was in the staff room and being in the staff room was a a big trigger because of food yeah so the smells so I'd literally like run in to get something and then try and get out as quickly as I could and somebody was like are you okay you don't look well and I said no I've had you know I've been sick the whole time and they were like oh goodness yeah I had morning sickness and I was like oh no it's not morning sickness but anyway um and then they were like have have you tried ginger biscuits and you're literally (laughs) are you serious (laughs) you know you've been trying you've been googling everything you've been to the doctor you know you've been in hospital on a drip you're just like everything that you can do you've done it and that was for it to be simplified to ginger biscuits (laughs) yeah yeah um but I think there's a lot more research about it now well there's been more research about it now and there are sort of support lines and written blogs and things um reading more about it you know but definitely with Will, my first pregnancy, it was, there was just hardly any information. Mm, it was quite lonely. Mm, yeah, it was. It was. And so then I imagine you must have been excited for the birth just for the fact that you would no longer be pregnant, not just meeting your baby. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was certainly a bit of that. But I think the problem was I because I had very little enthusiasm in the pregnancy and I was suffering with prenatal depression, I actually, although, yeah, I I definitely, you know, wanted it to be over, I wasn't actually very enthusiastic about bringing a baby home because all I could, all I was sitting in was how I felt in the pregnancy and I could not see how oh, things yeah. would be any better. I, I, this is how I feel. I haven't had any respite from this sickness, from feeling like this for like eight months. How is bringing a baby home going to help any of this? Yeah. In fact, it's going to make it more difficult. But <laughs> then when I, I, my birth story was very different. I had a very, well, it felt like it was an unusual story to me because, you know, people love to tell you their birth stories and, you know, (laughs) scare you. And (laughs) another helpful share. Yeah. (laughs) So I had, you know, I had it in my head that it was going to be like a a long, a very long time of, you know, being in pain. And, you know, I was kind of geared up for this really horrendous experience. But actually, I I went into my waters broke in the morning and um, my husband went to work and I said to him like it's going to be a while it will be a long time because this is what I had in my head that this it goes on for, for days, days you know like, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to be here yeah you go and I rang my mum and I said mum my waters have broken and she was like oh because she was going to be my birthing partner and she said oh I'll come then and we'll get your bags and and we'll you know we'll go up to the hospital so it was all quite casual and um, when we got into the car I was in 
in real pain and you know I was I was saying to my mum like I, I don't know if I can take this mum I'm in and she was like don't worry we're nearly there we're nearly there got there they checked me over and the midwife said to me that um you've got a lot you've got a long way to go Naomi and you probably need to go home because it's going to be a while and you probably don't want to be stuck in this room and I was like, oh, I, I said to my mom, I don't think I can go home because I feel like I can't walk. I couldn't even make it to get in the car. I was in so much pain. And my mom said, you know, you, need, you probably do need to go home, Naomi, because that's what they've advised. And, you know, you don't want to be here for, you know, an, a day walking the around <laughs> the hospital. Exactly. So she was just going on the advice giving and I I got quite angry and I you know I said I'm not going I I don't think it's right to go I don't want to get back in that car and I certainly don't want to be in my home in this kind of pain because I felt like I'd associate the pain with my home and I was like I need my home to be like my safe space (laughs) so a positive place to go back to exactly yeah So she, I didn't know this at the time, but she went to the, she said she was going to the cafe, but actually she was going to ring my auntie to say, I need you to come and help me because Naomi's really angry. She's not, (laughs) she's not taking the advice of the midwife. I need backup. And I need backup. And so um, I was in the room by myself. And she was also ringing my husband to say, you don't need to rush that she's got, she's got a while. So um, I was in this room and I just suddenly yelled out in agony and two midwives ran into the room and checked me and they said, right, Naomi, you're going to have this baby. (laughs) Yeah. Literally within, I think from the time mum had taken me to the hospital to the time I gave birth was about two and a half hours. Wow. And so my You would have had a home birth. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. Um, And so my mum came running into the room and she was lit. She had the phone with my husband on the phone and she was saying, you're, you're having a baby now. And he, he was too late to like, even leave work. So he just listened um, on the phone. Oh, oh and God, um, no. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very quick. So my birth experience was actually, you know, it felt, felt quite positive in the sense that it happened very quickly and it was, it was over very quickly. And also just that you were sure of what you needed. I think I'd take a lot from that as well. Like, yes, I knew that I needed to be here. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely, and I'm not saying it's like this for everybody at all, because everybody's experiences are completely different. But for me personally, it felt like there was such an instinct and that like, I just knew that this baby was coming and you know if I had gone with the advice that they'd given me I would have had the baby in the car literally in the car yeah yeah 
Oh my god, and your husband didn't make it. I haven't talked to anyone whose partner wasn't there listening on the phone. Yeah, he was quite glad. (laughs) Because he walked in the room and I was just there with Will in my arms. Like like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Oh, wow. And how did you feel when you like delivered Will and got to meet him for the first time? Well, the um, the hyperemesis just, again, I don't know if this is everybody's experiences. Some women that I've spoken to, this was their experience, but it went instantly. Mm. So literally, like 10 minutes afterwards, I had him in my arms and I'm looking and I'm, I, you know, I was just like, wow. And I'm like really overwhelmed, very much in love, but also saying, go and get me a mcdonald's like (laughs) literally get me everything everything honestly like the coffee i'm such a coffee addict and go back to san sebastian and read yeah that's so true (laughs) yeah Yeah, so everything i couldn't have i i just wanted it all all that night (laughs) yeah that's amazing I know like I didn't have HG but I felt really like I had horrendous headaches and I felt hungover really badly hungover and as soon as Ava popped out it was like uh I don't it's like when Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz opens up at the door and it's all color and that's what it was like it's like my yeah. world was like in color again and I felt myself um, wow I think that must have just added to the huge oxytocin rush that I had yeah um, when I met my baby because all of a sudden after a long time I was myself again <laughs> that's it that's absolutely what happened like the next few days I just suddenly got like myself back and even it's like overwhelming I... as well yeah. isn't it it's you just you thought this was going to be it forever yeah to realize that it's past. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was an amazing feeling of like the sickness has gone. Oh, I don't live with this anymore. Like that was actually, yeah, a very strange adjustment because I, you know, I just got used to walking into places and feeling physically sick or having to go and be sick. And all, all of a sudden, like that wasn't happening anymore. So it was it was a it was a very positive adjustment actually with will in that respect and i think because the pregnancy had not been a good experience when you know people again will obviously share with you like oh you know it's it's really hard and you love them but it's really difficult and the sleepless nights and the feeding and all of those things and yeah i did have all of that but actually i was like this is so much better than how I felt before (laughs) so I will take this I will take this it's a real testament to how bad HG is in some ways but I think I've heard (laughs) a few people say that and I think even I felt the same like oh this is a piece of cake I'll I'll choose this any day yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say oh we've come out of dark places we can handle this (laughs) yeah it's it's true like there is that thing isn't it about you know living in like the darkness helps you to see the light and things like that and it can happen in you know the other way around for a lot of women as well yeah and in some ways I sort of I don't know nine months is long but 
at least I sort of looking back I was like well it was just nine months and it was done once I gave birth whereas I think the other way around I sort of feel like there's not such a clear end date not that I knew at nine months it would finish but I just sort of think going into the darkness with a baby is harder um very very difficult yeah Yeah. really really hard and so there we go we've got Will and we're feeling (laughs) better and you enjoyed motherhood yeah I did I should say enjoy it's not over yet (laughs) never over now (laughs) yeah those I know people sort of generally and they say oh I love the baby stage or I didn't love the baby stage and you know things like that but I really did enjoy those early days with Will again because I wasn't expecting to feel the way I did about him so it was really it was really precious it was a it was very unexpected it was like a lovely surprise to feel like that I was, you know, later on, my mum said she was she was worried about how it was going to be in that those early stages because of how the pregnancy had been. But actually, it was it was a real. Yeah, it was a really precious time. So I kind of was like laying on the sofa with this like baby sleeping on me. And I was like, what? Netflix and people were like bringing coming around with like <laughs> presents and I think I've got really good friends because they would like bring nice dinners and mm. like I think because they felt sorry for me about how the pregnancy was <laughs> and they'd turn up with my favorite coffee on the doorstep and things so I was like yeah this is pretty good like this is motherhood I love it <laughs> I can go for this yeah so yeah, it was it was it was great. And then um I definitely had some struggles. Will sort of turned to the two, three year old, like that kind of stage when he was very, very active, lots of energy to burn off and yeah, I that was where I probably struggled again, just having you know a a very energetic toddler it's different isn't it I've just been saying this week I finally I've just come to realize that we've moved out of the baby stage where they all you need to do really is like cuddle them and give them some boob yeah you know (laughs) it's it's all right whereas now we've got this little person who has all of her own ideas on how things should be and she can't form her sentences properly yet so it's like we can't I think we're very good at communicating but it's hard like she has all this energy and I'm tired and it's just we've moved into a new phase of our mother daughter or our family dynamic and it's just sort of like oh okay that that wasn't going to I thought that was going to be forever (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely it was yeah that was a bit of a shock to the system actually and I think I, I'm really, I'm a social person and I love talking to people and meeting up with people and spending time with people. And I think when he was a baby and he was in my arms, I could very much do that still. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of made a, a conscious decision that beginning, because I was able to, you know, that was a privilege that I w- was able to get out and about and I was wanting to socialise with people. But we would do like we would go to the cinema and we would go out for dinner and it was just like easy just in the in the car seat. He'd be asleep and we'd be able to do all this stuff. And Mm. so when he did start to 
you know, really, like you say, find they find their their personality and they don't want to do things that you want to do. And, <laughs> and they you know, no. yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. <Well done>. Yes. <laughs> and that for me, I, I must admit, I found that very frustrating because mm. I was like, well, can't you just come and do what we need to do or want to do? You see that you were fine with that before. So, yeah, that was a learning curve. Mm. And did you find, was it just sort of, I don't know, a matter of time? Or I guess everyone always says surrendering is sometimes the best thing to do with these little people. Or you guys as a family worked your way through it. Yeah, absolutely. And we just, you're getting to know each other, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, yeah, we just learn about Will and learn what worked and what didn't and you know what made him happy and what he would get frustrated with and like you say it's about learning their language and things like that and yeah and we're still learning and he's six (laughs) now and he is very much his own person and he's got a really vibrant personality which is lovely and he's he is so full of joy but he he never stops there's no there's no let up there's you know every minute of the day is full yeah absolutely (laughs) and so yeah we we've just kind of learned you learn your rhythm I guess Mm. um however your family setup is you kind of learn how to work with each other. No, it's a good thing to take on board. I, uh, yeah, my partner listens to all of these anyway, but I'll have to get him to like highlight that in his mind, like this is what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think as well, it's just about, I know like for me and my husband, it's not, it's not been easy at all. We've, it's tested our relationship, mm. um, having a, a child so early into our marriage and, we've had to learn a lot about each other a lot in terms of what we're bringing into our parenting styles and things because we both have very different types of families um and so it's about (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) so I think one of the things that I've really learned is to not try and be anybody else's family you have to be your own you make your own decisions about what you want for your setup um because I think there were times when I was trying to be like other people or I thought oh what they do is good and yeah of course it's great to like get advice and to take tips but actually you you need to find what works for you and not feel judgment and not take on anybody else's judgment. Yes, because it will be there. It will be absolutely. there. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it gets a little bit easier as well with time just to have that certainty or even, you know, you've tried and things haven't worked out and maybe you just get confident in, well, we we just need to decide what's right for us yes. and then too bad for everyone else absolutely that absolutely that and not even just with parenting like just in your life (laughs) in life in your life like you absolutely have to do what is right for you um 
because you know yourself like we get to a point I think in well for me I got to a point in my life where I was like I know who I am I've probably spent the first like 35 years of my life working out who Naomi is and now I feel like I know that I can kind of go confidently into this next part of my life yeah reap the rewards (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah those 35 hard years (laughs) yeah and then Naomi, when or how did um, thoughts arise? Maybe there weren't thoughts about having another baby because there's three years between your boys. Yeah, there's three years, and there was a definite point because mm. up until pretty much those three years, I was like, "No, I'm yeah. I I can't do it again." Um, I'm quite happy with this setup anyway. The three of us. And also the thought of going through that sickness. And a lot of people said to me, oh, but you might, you might not have, because people are desperate, aren't they, to know when you're having the next one. I don't know if you found this. (laughs) So you've literally like just had one. That like, they oh, what about the next? They where, need a uh, yeah, <laughs> like where where does this come from? And there's this obsession with knowing <laughs> when you're yeah. going to have another one. Um, I was like, I sort of get it from the grandmas because obviously they're just greedy for grandchildren. Like, yeah, okay, fine, we've worked you out, but everyone else just step back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of like entitlement when it comes to women and children and pregnancy. Bodies and yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so well um, it doesn't really make me it's almost like yeah I almost feel a bit defiant I was I was like well no we're not having another one because they've got <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right yeah I think I had a bit of that I was like no we're not <laughs> this yeah, is it we're gonna be a family of three we're fine so but there was yeah so I kind of resigned was I don't know if resigned but I decided that I wasn't going to have another child and then yeah something changed I couldn't really tell you like what it was but I just had this thing where I was like let's have another yeah let's have another baby and I think there was also enough time in three years to perhaps be a little bit hopeful that I wouldn't have it again yeah like I wouldn't say I'd completely forgotten but definitely that sense of what the sickness would like I had forgotten it's sort of you know as a fact it was horrendous but you can't actually remember how bad it was yeah how exactly it felt yeah the physical feeling I couldn't remember that anymore so I if I could have remembered that then I would I wouldn't have Um, (laughs) would be an only child yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, he would um yeah I mean I have again I have forgotten the feeling of of the sickness but I I did have it again with Hugo and it was yeah it was just it was just as bad I don't know if it if it was worse or not but it was just as bad as as with Will so it was the same again like not being able to get out of bed some days not being able to keep any food down smells triggering finding it very difficult you know like driving to work I'd have like a plastic Mm. bag because I knew I was going to be pulling over to be sick all of that and you've got someone else at home like little Will who needs you which you didn't have the first time so I imagine that's hard too yeah that was where it was very difficult 
for me and my husband because he did all of the caring for Will and he is we're very like we share everything like within the home and all of the the living we're like very equal and um so he was no issue for him to look after Will but he did do it all the time so Mm. like I would try and work as much as I could in the week but then when it came to the weekend that meant I was absent I couldn't do anything and I was just sleeping or in bed and he was like trying to bring me up like anything that I could keep down or he so he was managing everything on his own which obviously was very difficult for him and so we became quite distant Mm. during my second pregnancy which was hard and it's also like while you're being pregnant and then growing up like having that space between you and your partner grow it's so not ideal is it but again I imagine it's something that happens so much and it's so consuming being pregnant is so consuming it's hard I guess to know how that feels but you can't uh, yeah you can't give all you used to give you're giving everything to this little person who's growing (laughs) yeah absolutely I have nothing to offer I was just trying to hold my job down and that was it and survive and I, I know that I wasn't very pleasant to be around because I felt I had feelings of like anger, you know, why has this happened again? Why have I got pregnant again? I, I've, that was a really silly thing to do because now I've got this and, and I felt very, very low. I suppose the only thing that was different was I knew that when I gave birth, I would, it would go. Yeah. Which you I didn't feel like the first time. And how were you feeling? Was it the same as your first pregnancy where you maybe didn't have a lot of space to think about your birth? Or did you sort of have a bit of that in mind as well, having been through that experience, thinking what it would be like the second time round? Yeah, I I was hopeful that it would be the same as with Will and it would be quite quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that was a bit naive of me. I was just like, yeah, it will be like that. So um, the sickness has been the same. So the birth will yeah, be the same. Yeah, so the birth will be the same, which, yeah, that is actually very naive of me to have thought that. <laughs> but what happened was it it was different. It was still a very, very quick delivery. But I had, I was... With both of them, because of the hyperemesis, I was very anemic and I had blood transfusions. So I was booked in to go in for a blood transfusion. I think it was on the Tuesday. And then I was supposed to go back to work the next day and do the rest of the week at work. And so I went into hospital, had my transfusion. And then at the end of it, I met with the consultant And I told them that I had really itchy hands and feet. Oh, okay. Yep. (laughs) Have you had, did you have this or? No, no, but I know like a friend of mine had it and I just, yeah, it's a telltale sign, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I had OBS Coles and basically Mm -hmm. he said, I hadn't heard of it, but he said, oh, we need to, um, we need to get some tests done. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then 
he said, and we need to keep you in. And I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm going back to work tomorrow. And I was really like, <laughs> Maybe you know, <laughs> and he said, oh, um, I'm afraid, Naomi, you're going to have to ring work and tell them that you're not coming back. And I was like, what? No, no, I've got to go back to work tomorrow. I'm not finishing for two weeks. <laughs> um, and as a teacher, I had like things planned. I think yeah, all play going on that I was doing and all sorts. So I can't let the kids down. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, no, I've got to go back. At least let me just go in tomorrow. But anyway, I had to send like an email and say, you know, sorry, guys. Um, I won't be back. And then my husband brought a bag down and I ended up being in hospital for four days and they induced me three times and I kept sort of going into labour and then it just stopped. And on the fourth time, I I said, I can't do this anymore because I was like spending these whole... I don't know if you've seen that episode of Friends when Rachel is in hospital and um, everybody gets willed out and has a baby and she's still in there and all these women keep coming back in with their babies and she gets really angry um but yeah that's what I was like because I was, was on the, yeah and all the all the women I'd make friends with they would say oh bye I'm off now and then I'd see hours later and they'd be wheeling their baby past waving at me <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Four days later. Even just like emotionally, that's such a game, isn't it? Because I'd sort of be like, we're being induced, we're having our baby, and then no, and then yeah. again, and then again. It's like I can't keep doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was in this, it was in July. It was very, very oh, hot, God. and so yeah, it wasn't very comfortable. And so the fourth time I rang my friend who's a doctor and I just, <laughs> I don't really know why I rang them because they don't, I think for advice. And I just said, what do I need to say to the doctor to get them to stop inducing me? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> give me like the inside information. Give me the line. <laughs> what is the line that I say to them so that it, they don't do it again because I couldn't bear it. But the, the doctor said to me, just give me one more chance give me one more try and if not then I will stop and we'll arrange a c-section mm. I was like okay and then on the fourth time it it did work and I went into labor and it was very quick so from the time that they induced me again it was like in the morning about nine o'clock and I I had him by the afternoon so it was that was quick again once your body got going it knew what it was doing yeah yeah and how was it then meeting Hugo <laughs> yeah it was it, again it was lovely because the the sickness went and I was just very relieved again and I you know I I really fell in love with him mm. as soon as I saw him and then Will came to meet him and that was just lovely that little first meet between those two god your heart just must like even just imagining that my heart just sort of felt like it swelled up like that your heart just must feel so big at that moment <laughs> yeah it was it was lovely because as well because Will is he is so loving and he was very excited there was no sort of jealousy he had mm. no sense of that he's never had that actually I've been really lucky in that respect so him meeting Hugo was yeah it was really special Aww. 
Well, there you go. And it almost makes it all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how have you found then your journey being a mum of two? Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, obviously, if you're somebody that all my identity is not in being a mother, I very much like I've always wanted to keep working. I've always wanted to be doing other things. And that's just my personal preference is that I knew that that was how I wanted to. Yeah, that's what to I wanted true to be to yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm lucky that, you know, like I get to make that choice of, you know, having a job that I really love. And yeah, so I have I have found it difficult at times because having two definitely means that you can't do the things that you perhaps want to do in the way that you want to do them. Yeah, and it's there are challenges for sure their personalities are very different they don't that Hugo is also very active and he there is no moment of let up unless they're asleep like there is just (laughs) nothing and they're not they're not children who sort of want to sit you activities and like focus for a long time there aren't many children that will focus for a long time on one thing but I do see other children who you know will perhaps do a coloring activity for Mm. 20 minutes or something like that but the boys aren't like that and so we yeah we just have to find our way of you know keeping them happy and entertained and active but also keeping making sure that we're we're okay as well because we've got to keep our (laughs) marriage and our relationship going and you know and and everything so and did you find that you and your husband came back together in time after having Hugo when you sort of were restored to your usual self (laughs) yeah it did take a little while it wasn't it wasn't instant um it took a few weeks because I think he was just a little bit nervous of like how is she going to be what's she going to react like what what does she need or want I'm not sure I'm doing this right and so yeah it took a little bit of time and there was a few kind of things that we had to work through but yeah no we did we we did absolutely get there and I think um I think for us having the children has brought us closer together I know that again is not the case for everybody but for us it's something that because we are two very different people and we're not yeah we're definitely from different (laughs) different sides of the brain yeah (laughs) (laughs) even to the subjects that we teach they're the complete opposite so I think yeah we've like the boys are definitely something that is common ground with us and so Mm. that that has been really nice actually and I sort of hope at least like me and my partner are the same we're the complete opposites and in my mind I said well that must mean we make a really nice rounded team as parents (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's not always the case though is it because when people say you know opposites attract and things like that Mm. but that can cause some conflict in the way that you 
operate and things that you think are a priority and they think are a priority (laughs) and it's sometimes I mean sometimes it could be so funny if you both weren't so um I don't know like sure on what you both thought it's like no but like sometimes I just can't even see I'm like is that really how you see the world okay (laughs) yeah I can't relate (laughs) no that's it I can't relate no (laughs) yeah it is funny (laughs) and then something a little bit different but something we'd both been talking about and I think it probably speaks to I guess about your platform and things that I'm passionate about as well is as black mothers and seeing ourselves represented and I think it's getting better with time but we were just both saying how in the last few months it's been wonderful just to be able to connect yeah and find more of us more people who it's like I can look at you and there's a familiarity in that oh my god wow someone else is in a similar situation and how important that is and I was going to say special but in a way it's sort of sad that it's special I don't know maybe it's still special yeah no I know what you mean it is yeah I mean it has been really powerful particularly like you say the last few months suddenly you've got all these women popping up on your if you're you know using social media and you're like wow I didn't know they were out there because (laughs) you know they're me (laughs) yeah and you know if you follow motherhood things generally the women that are promoted to you are white women and Mm. you know so because of their following and so it's been oh it's just it really has meant a lot for me to see women who look like me and perhaps are in also in mixed relationships mixed race relationships like I am and and like you are and seeing the children and and just the the common ground that you have is so important and to see you know how because there are going to be issues that we have in our motherhood and in our parenting that other mothers are not going to have the same things they're not going to think about the same things or face the same things so you do you need that that support don't you you need that the community I think isn't it yeah there's something so important and I'm a big advocate for motherhood communities um, and I think you need more than one and it's just it's been such a special I'm going to say special thing in the last few months to have had this particular aspect of my motherhood community grow and it yeah I don't know it just sort of helps reflect your own experience back to you and then you just feel the feeling of things being familiar I find really helpful (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and I think like there was somebody that I spoke to last week and we just ended up talking about um conversations we'd had with our husbands to do that were about race and about family and I was like, yeah, I had that same conversation about that. And it was just so great to know that <laughs> that they were going through the same thing yeah. because I was questioning it. I was like, oh, dear, I think, don't know if this is good or, you know, I don't know if we should be like, if that's the right thing to be saying. And when they said that, 
I, I was just like so oh. relieved yeah so relieved <laughs> and I think they were as well they were like oh I'm so glad you said that it, you know but you just couldn't have had that same conversation with anybody else no and I think that's exactly it isn't it it's I think for lots of different things you have those conversations and it's just sort of like this light bulb goes on for both of you and you're just like oh my god wow thank god it's not just me yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think that's exactly it having yourself represented and I think I mean I probably go on about it a lot but Instagram's such a wonderful platform and it's I think especially for this purpose it's been so wonderful to connect with people who I might not be able to otherwise yeah yeah, there are a lot there are a lot of positives. I think it's the way that you manage it. Yeah. You have to put <laughs> boundaries in place and yeah, like you say you grow your community and you make sure that you're not interacting with people that trigger you or that make you feel a certain way that isn't positive. But yeah, there and I are think that's on Instagram and in real life too is and I think again it also helps having that community to help sort of shore you up that it's valid for you to do that (laughs) yeah yeah there's real empowerment actually and yeah definitely well I thought I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's just something that we're both excited and passionate about and hopefully there'll be others out there who'd like to connect with us and I I think just connection in general is so important so thank you for allowing me to connect with you (laughs) oh no it's been it's been great it's really great. I'm so glad that we uh, found each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved hearing your stories and just I really appreciate how open you've been about your experience because I think that's the only way that others can come to understand if they don't know or just also feel connected and validated if you have been through a similar experience you go oh thank you thank you yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well yeah and I think their stories are so powerful because they are they are yours nobody can argue with them or you know that there is such truth in them and so yeah if you do connect with someone's story then it it can be really really powerful Um, and Naomi if people do want to connect with you where's going to be the best place to find you is it going to be everyday racism on Instagram yeah and it's run by my sister and I but I I am on it so you can yeah if you want to connect in then definitely through there it's at everyday racism all lowercase underscore perfect between everyday and racism I'll put a link to that so people can find you as well but yeah definitely for people who believe in the power of story it's somewhere they should go to have a look yeah absolutely and if there is anybody who is from the black and brown community that if you did ever feel like you want to share a story then please you can use the email address on there and um yeah send us an email and get in touch yeah well thank you so much um it's been such a joy talking with you oh thanks for having me oh my pleasure (laughs) (laughs) i hope you enjoyed this episode come connect with me on instagram with the handle born underscore underscore together i'd love to hear from you And please do share, subscribe and rate the podcast to help it get out to a wider audience. I'd love if you could. Until next week. Bye.